This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, Session 101. And the quote of the day is from Arnold Schwarzenegger, who says that these are life's six rules for success. Trust yourself. Break some rules. Don't be afraid to fail. Ignore your naysayers. Work like hell and give something back. Just remember, you can't climb the ladder of success with your hands in your pockets. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers and industry professionals. Information, education, and motivation for drumming and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here with another session of the Drummer's Resource Podcast. And this session is brought to you by Drum Magazine, my favorite magazine. Make sure you're checking them out every month. They don't have these cliched Q&As. They have in-depth profiles, gear reviews, and some of the best lessons you'll find anywhere. Like the amazing article they just came out with, 43 shuffles every drummer should know. I didn't even know that there were 43 shuffles. Be sure to check them out or subscribe today at drummagazine.com. The session is also brought to you by Boso Bamboo Drumsticks, the world's first full line of bamboo drumsticks. Check them out at bosodrumsticks.com and use the promo code PODCAST to save 15% off your entire order. As you know, last Monday, I came out with the 100th episode of the podcast, and to commemorate that, I'm doing a huge gear giveaway with a bunch of great companies like Aquarian, Boso, with Drum Channel, Drum Magazine, the Percussive Arts Society, ProLogic's Percussion, and you can go to drummersresource.com forward slash 100 and enter to win some great prizes from these great companies. Now, the session that I have today is a little bit different than the sessions I normally do. I have Mike Vacanti on, and Mike is not a drummer. He is not a musician. He doesn't work in the music industry. And uh, so you're probably wondering, why is this guy on here? And the reason why I'm having him on here, he's a, he's a personal trainer, and he trains some of the most elite people that are out there. Uh, one of his main trainers is a guy named Gary Vaynerchuk, who is um, – a guy that I followed for years, and you should check him out too. He is a social media expert. He's the CEO of VaynerMedia. But Mike actually travels around with Gary and is his personal trainer, even on the road. He's like basically the CEO. He calls himself the CEO of Gary Vaynerchuk's body, which is pretty funny. But the reason why I have him on the show is because part of being successful, part of being a good drummer, part of of you know really maximizing your life is you got to have some fitness involved with it. You got to stay healthy. You got to stay active. And I wanted to talk to Mike about drummers and musicians as a whole about how we can stay healthy because we travel a lot. We work, you know, late hours. We, we work off times. Uh, we we're, we're playing in bars at night where there's bad food and beers and all that kind of stuff. So I wanted to talk to him to see exactly what his opinion and what his advice is for drummers and musicians who live that, that lifestyle that way we can still stay healthy at the same time because I know it gets hard. And like I said, I think it's really important to keep yourself at peak performance. You know, if you're unhealthy and, and you're eating like crap and you're, you're drinking and all this other stuff, it's going to affect your playing. So that's the main reason why I have them on here. And like I said, this is a little bit different. And shoot me your feedback. Let me know if this is something that you like because I got a lot of ideas that I would like to share with you guys about people outside of the music realm a little bit, not to replace the interviews on Mondays, but to, to add a supplementary supplementary uh, info if you're interested in it. So be sure to shoot me an email, nick at drummersresource.com or post something on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, somewhere. Let me know if you're digging this kind of thing. And I have been talking a lot and I apologize. So let me get into this interview, Mr. Mike Vacanti. Mike, what's going on, my man? How you doing today? I'm well. Um, how are you? 
I'm I'm good. I'm good. This is uh, it's it's glad to finally get you on the show. We had a little, we had some scheduling conflicts, but I had some scheduling conflicts. You were you were just putting up with me essentially, and I was moving all around like an idiot. It's it's all good, man. This uh, it happens all the time. So schedules schedules get a little crazy, and you know I it's different to have you on the show because you're the first person I've ever had on the show that isn't part of the music industry, whether it be, you know, from a company or a producer or, you know, primarily it's all drummers. But the reason that I wanted to have you on the show is because fitness is so important and, and living a healthy lifestyle, especially for musicians when we're touring and we're up late and, and all of that stuff. So before we get into all that, just tell, tell the audience who you are, what you do, um, and, and, uh, you know, kind of hip them to, to get to know you a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And I'm super excited because I, I don't like teaching the super advanced fitness stuff like bodybuilding competitors or super elite power lifters. That isn't my interest so much as just helping people who want to get stronger, be healthier, lose some fat, look better. Um, and yeah, not to I, cut you off the thing that, that really attracted me to your site, as soon as I go on there, it's a picture of you holding a thing of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Oh my gosh. I and I'm walk. like, this is, this is my kind of fitness. <laughs> I could walk like eight steps over to my freezer and there's a couple of cherry Garcia's <laughs> sitting right there. All right, go ahead. Sorry. I cut you off. <laughs> no, no worries. Um, yeah. So I, I got into fitness stuff when I was in high school around training for hockey. And then there was like the standard, I want bigger muscles, I want less fat, I want to get girls that kind of went along with that. Um, got into strength training, was very interested in nutrition. During college, I studied accounting, but most of my time was actually spent like reading books and blogs and PubMed articles and just getting my hands on as much, mainly nutrition, but also training information as I could. And then working out and going through all the like failures, try this workout plan and that workout plan, ups and downs that probably a lot of you guys, a lot of people um, go through. Like you, you see a P90X infomercial, you give it a shot, maybe it works, maybe it's so-so, you don't really like it, and then kind of on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually so, did P90X and it worked, but then I gained the weight back after. It, it does work. That's a, And the thing is, almost all of it works, right? It's just being consistent and finding something that – you actually somewhat enjoy, right? Like right. that you can stick to in the longer run. Um, so out of college, I, I knew I shouldn't take an accounting job. I wanted to do something in fitness, but I did. It was my major. It was like what my parents, what I felt my parents wanted me to do. And kind of um, just, you know, you, you get a, if you get a degree in something, you're like society kind of pushes you that way. So I worked two years in accountant, hated it. I was kind of doing fitness stuff on the side, like we had talked about, but not, um, not charging for it, not training people. And one day I just said F it and quit my job. Um, and started doing this, started training clients in the gym, started a blog. And, uh, yeah, so it's been, it's been a few years that I've been officially in the fitness industry, I guess you could say. So let's talk about this a little bit with, with you quitting your job, because what, just because you're in fitness doesn't mean that a lot of these things don't carry over into the music industry, because what are we dealing with here? We're dealing with something that you love, uh, you know, and if you're looking at musicians, we're, we're looking at people that, that love playing music and, you know, perhaps want to quit their job and do this sort of thing, or perhaps at least want to really follow through on this. So what are some of the steps that you took to to kind of make that transition. I know that, that you quit your job. So then you wake up one day and, and it's like, okay, now I gotta, I gotta do something here. 
And that was the first two months after quitting. I, like, it was the first time in my life I ever, when people say I'm super anxious or I have bad anxiety, I never knew what they meant until that period of time. Because I was, it was like, wake up and what do I do with my day? Um, leading up to it, the, the primary factors were, one, save up enough money while I'm working and, and so that I know that I can have whatever it was, 12 or 18 or 24 months of cash that if, if I blow through and this fitness thing doesn't work out, I, I can go crawling back with my tail between my legs. But I knew that I needed to give myself enough enough cash, enough liquidity to pay my bills and live my life while grinding on this fitness thing. Mm -hmm. Um, that was the big one. The second one for me was just all of the negative pressure, all of the people who would say, you know, what if this doesn't work out? What if the economy crashes again? How do you know that you're that good at fitness? Like you've never done this before. Um, it's not safe. And so really like building, it, it sounds kind of weird, but building like mental strength and mental fortitude to block out a lot of that negative feedback from people so that I, I could just listen to the voice in my head and, and take a shot at it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, those, those were the two main factors at stake. And the third was that like, I hated corporate America more than I like fitness. Like it wasn't that I was so drawn to fitness that I had to quit doing accounting stuff. I just hated auditing so badly that I needed to do something else. Right, so, right. So, so, so that like, like I was working 12, 14 hour days in, in a cube, like grinding on Microsoft Excel. And I just had to do something else. Um, so it was the dislike for what I was doing as much as being passionate about fitness. I got you. I got you. So, yeah, so now were you always, were you always in shape, you know, going through high school and going through college or were you, you know, you were always into fitness, right? Yeah. Yeah. So when, when I originally picked up strength training, which I think was like in 10th or 11th grade, I was, I was never overweight. So I was what is called skinny fat, um, mm -hmm. in like the fitness industry, which means zero upper body strength, like no chest or shoulder or arm muscles whatsoever, but a little bit of a spare tire, no, no, no abs or anything like that. Obviously right. just, just kind of soft and pudgy and, and weak and light, um, is where I started. And by the end of high school, I had leaned out and, and put on a little bit of muscle, but it was really um, through college that I made that I, transformation or whatever you want to call it. Um, but it really, it took me longer than it should have. Like I have clients who make amazing changes in six or eight months, like completely change their body um, because now I have an idea of what would be optimal. Like sure. I made, I made so many mistakes along the way, um, that, that I, I impeded my own progress, but mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. learned through them. That makes sense. So now yeah. you quit your job. You're going to, you're going to start grinding on this fitness thing. You have, you have some cash in the bank saved up in case, you know, in, in case you do have to go back to your, to your accounting gig. Uh, so let's talk about the, the creation of the website, which is on the regimen.com and, and talk about how, how, how that whole thing came together and what that's all about. Yeah, definitely. So the name on the regimen, which I, I get a lot of heat for. A lot of people don't like it and they're like, that sounds dumb. You should change the name. When, Why? What's, I don't what's know. Wrong with I don't name? know. I don't know. They like can't remember it or I'm not exactly Dude, sure. Dude, my website's called the Drummer's Resource. That's about as least creative <laughs> that you could possibly get. Yeah, 
of a very straightforward. I actually like drummer's resource. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, um, when, it took me so long to come up with the name too. And then I oh, remember yeah. like laying in, my, in bed with my fiance and she's like, are you really like, are we still talking about this name? She was like, <laughs> just call it drummer's resource and be done with it. I'm like, all right. So that I finally called it that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the name picking process can drag on forever when like looking back on things, what does any company name mean? Right. Like Google, you know, just the, the random words. It's what right. you do that grows the brand. Um, on the regimen was was born at 3 a.m. Like my sophomore year of college, me and my roommates were laying around eating pizza, and like a P90X, literally, I think it was a P90X infomercial came on, and we're we're kind of drunk, you know, we're like 19, 20 years old, and one of my roommates is like, "Guys, we got to get on a regimen seriously. Like, like we got to get <laughs> our lives together. We got to turn that. We can't be just like laying here drunk at 3 a.m. eating pizza." And so we ended up talking about the regimen, which right. was our, our workout plan we put together or whatever, kind of our lifestyle. And so that, that's, uh, that's what the name was. But post-college, um, post-quitting my job, I, I saw people who wrote articles, who ran blogs, and then they had online coaching programs, which I didn't even know existed. And I kind of started poking around on a few of these websites. And these guys would would publish, you know, once or twice a week posts on their blog and they didn't sell any physical products. Some of them sold eBooks or whatever. Um, but online coaching where all of the interaction, the program design, the nutrition stuff, weekly updates was done online. And these guys were making a living doing this. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is really awesome because I didn't know it at the time, but I, I am a serviceable enough writer that people read my stuff. Um, and so I just started creating content. I, I made a WordPress blog that was, you know, the first rendition of any blog just right. looks terrible and started putting stuff out there, started writing what was on my mind, uh, getting 20 views a day for like three, four, five months, most of whom were my family and my friends. Mm -hmm. um, and then I saw an internship opportunity in New York. I was living in Chicago at the time and it was posted on Facebook by John Romanello, who is a an online fitness guy. He's also, he's a New York times bestseller and he has done a lot of pretty amazing things in the fitness space. Mm -hmm. uh, but he needed some help launching, like doing a book launch and wanted unpaid help. And I was like, this is perfect. I can go learn from this guy. This is exactly what I want to be doing. At the time, my blog had been live for, I don't know, a couple months and, and I didn't have anything going. I didn't have any clients or revenue streams. I'm going to move out here and like grind my face off and learn from this guy. And so I did. And, uh, and worked a few months unpaid and eventually he, he put me on payroll and I was working almost, you know, 30, 40 hours a week while still writing on the side, my own stuff. And basically the knowledge I, I gained through him and just the, the progress of getting better at writing and putting out content. And I was training clients in the gym at the time too, like all of this, just throwing everything at the wall until something started to stick and, and traffic started picking up on my site I started coaching people online and it, it kind of took off from there. Hmm. That's interesting. And, and the, the one thing that I really pulled out of that is something that I always stress on the podcast is that you got to find a mentor or a teacher or, or, you know, someone to sort of, sort of coach you to, to walk down that line a little bit. Um, 
Absolutely. You know, and, and people, I think, let their ego get in the way and they say, no, I can do it all by myself. But, you know, to, to, to check your ego at the door and say, look, man, I, you know, I need some help. I, I want you to coach me. You've already been there. Help me get there. I think that was a really smart thing to do. Thank you. I appreciate that. Sure. And yeah, it was incredibly valuable. Um, and this isn't unique to fitness. Like you said, like you can, if you can learn something by getting inside of a person's circle or business or whatever, and adding value for them, working for them and trying to help them as much as possible without keeping score or without wondering, like, am I getting paid enough for this? Could I be doing something else? Just commit to really helping that person it's going to come back to you mm-hmm. in a, in a much faster time than it would otherwise if you were on your own essentially right i totally agree now your approach is a little bit different on your site so it's not just you know we had mentioned when we were off air that that most sites are oh, if you want to work out you can first of all don't you can't eat anything that you like and you have to go to the gym you know 7 days a week and you have to eat salad every day and if you ever have one beer or one cheeseburger, then you're ruined and you're you're a piece of shit. So, which which is impossible for a guy who's traveling, who's on the road, who's doing gigs, who's like on a tour bus. Like it's it's just physically impossible to stick to something like that. Exactly, exactly. And that's that's always been my my biggest thing is that you know I can do it for short spurts of time, but I want something that's more consistent. So let's talk about one the approach of the site, and then two how how musicians and how guys that are, you know, that are playing gigs and they're on tour buses or even if they're, they're playing on the weekend and they're, and they're, you know, at bars at night till two, three o'clock in the morning and they're hungry and they're drinking beer and stuff. What, what kind of things they should be eating and, and keeping an eye out for? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the site embodies my fitness philosophies, which are for training, um, assuming like, like the the slogan fitness stuff for normal people people who aren't obsessive about fitness right i want you to do the highest return on investment return on your time stuff you can do and what i mean by that is say say someone wants you to run 60 or 90 minutes a day to help you lose fat well i would rather use that 60 or 90 minutes instead of running make better decisions from a nutrition point of view, instead of getting a bacon double cheeseburger, you can save three or four or 500 calories getting a, a grilled chicken sandwich. Right. Um, and, and then you're essentially offsetting that calorie output from running with the diet. So that's one way like high ROI decision making helps. Mm-hmm. Um, another is in the training. Like a lot of these programs that you might see, if you Google like a free, a free workout and you might find something on bodybuilding.com that's a five or a six day a week, an hour, like 20 sets per day. Um, and you do shoulders one day and maybe legs the next and back the next day. It's really not necessary. What I would have a beginner trainee do or even an intermediate, heck, this is how I train right now, is 45, like 35 to 45 minutes, three days a week of full body strength work. Mm-hmm. And this is like whether getting jacked is a goal or, or you just want to lose a little bit of fat, be a little bit leaner, feel better. I think this is the best approach for that. And doing compound movements, which means like a bicep curl, you're just working one muscle, right? Like you're right. working bicep versus a pull-up or 
an assisted pull-up or a squat where in those moves, like a pull-up, you're working your arms, your back, forearm, like you're working multiple muscle groups. I remember a guy told me years ago, he was like, don't even, he said, don't do any arm exercises until you can do 10 pull-ups unassisted. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a pretty good rule. Now it like for dudes who want to have bigger arms, I don't see anything wrong with throwing a few curls in at the end of your workout because it's it's fun to get a little pump and, right, and to right. get some work. But yeah, you're getting so much more out of pull-ups. And if you can't, like pull-ups are really hard. So if you can't do a pull-up, pull a bench underneath. I have a lot of my clients and like female clients especially because they struggle even more than us dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, but pull a bench under the pull-up bar, have one foot on there and use a little bit of lower body help to get yourself up. Mm-hmm. And that's something you can do. Like you can do... A pull-up at a gym, obviously. If you're at home, 35 bucks, you can get a pull-up bar that goes in your doorway and you can do pull-ups there. Um, so there's a lot of like places you can do that. Um, what else? Philosophy-wise, so just high ROI stuff. I also am very against anything um, cult-ish. Let's call it that. So like mm-hmm. someone who is only paleo, they don't eat any of XYZ food, I just find that limiting and unnecessary. Like if, if you go full-blown paleo or say you completely cut out dairy and bread because you read in, in an article that that's a good way to get in shape and you're on the road and you're out after a gig and like there are some girls around and everyone's drinking beer and they're like, do you want a beer? And you're thinking, oh, well, that has gluten in it and my new fitness program doesn't allow me to have gluten. So no, I can't even have one beer. And if I have one beer – then I've ruined it. So I may as well just have 15 and like, it's completely over. Mm -hmm. I would, what I would recommend as a, a a first step that's kind of high level is counting calories and calorie counting has got like, it's gotten a bad rap from weight watchers and things like that. Um, and it isn't the end all be all. There are other important aspects of nutrition, but making sure your energy balance is in check meaning the number of calories you eat per day. And I'm not talking about super anal counting. I'm talking estimating, making sure like if you're a, a five foot 10, 190 pound dude that you're eating in the 2000 to 2200 range and mm-hmm. just not eating like 3,800 per day. Right. Um, counting calories. Like seven handfuls of almonds and you're like, wow, that was a thousand calories. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's, you know, that's like a classic one where you take a, a healthy food like almonds or like trail mix or like today on on my YouTube show, we reviewed a a salad from Friday's, a pecan crusted chicken salad Mm -hmm. that has the same number of calories as eight White Castle sliders. So like you go to dinner and you're, I mean, I don't know how many people eat at Friday's, but you order a chicken salad that has like mandarin oranges and some blue cheese and whatever. And it, it literally has less protein and the same number of calories as eight sliders. What so kills it? The, the dressing, right? Honestly, on, I couldn't figure it out because the dressing is separate on the nutrition facts on there. Yikes. So it's, it's like the, the pecan crusted chicken. Like that's, Oh, a, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. has butter. That, that guy has to be yeah, it's got butter, butter and like, and and like the nuts in there. Right. And, right. uh, which and and at the same time, I'm like, it sounds delicious, but <laughs> it's good. It, like it tastes good, <laughs> but yeah, like, like that stuff adds up quickly. So if you, and you don't have to do this by hand, right? It's 2015, you get my fitness pal or Fitocracy macros, which, um, 
I, I don't know if they're on Android yet. I know they have an iPhone app. But these count your calories for you. You plug in the food from their food database and it's right there. So there is a little bit of time investment and a little bit of a learning curve if you haven't counted calories before. But it's, it's really the highest ROI thing from a nutrition point of view that you can do. Mm-hmm. And then when we back up from there, like using common sense with food choices, trying to eat a good number of, of lean proteins when possible. You're on the road, and I don't really know the schedule. I'm like sleeping on a bus; just seems crazy to me. And super late nights. Um, but Let's when you- even even from I, you know, I would I'd venture a guess that most of the audience, not most of the audience, but a large percentage of the audience, um, are probably you know not on tour buses, so they're probably you know traveling and they're driving up and down on the highway, so they're coming home at. Or, you know, they're on their way to the gig and they're they're going to expend a lot of energy because they're playing drums all night. And then they got to drive, you know, an hour home or two hours home or they're in a bus and they got to or, you know, in a van or whatever and going to the next. When you're when you get to the level where it's a tour bus, there's a lot more catering and you can be a lot more, you know, for the most part, you can get a lot more. Uh, you can get a lot more um, specific with your diet. Mm-hmm. But I'm, 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 I'm picturing like the most badass drummers. Ever, by the way like what's that i'm i'm picturing the audience is just like 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 a stud drummer musician like i mean my the audience is badass i'm just gonna put that out there that there's there's nobody that's listening to this podcast that isn't badass so um, and i did did i tell you this i in the fifth grade like tried to play drums and you really? know when you're in fifth grade music class all you get is you don't even get a snare drum right off the bat you get like a little rubber pad uh, pad yeah, yeah. And, and play on that thing but then they make you play the bells for 50 percent of the time so you're like 50 percent drums 50 percent bells and i was like these bells are so stupid i i like couldn't figure them out so <laughs> my career ended super early but um, either so you were a drummer for so when we when i post this it'll be like mike vacanti drummer <laughs> slash fitness <laughs> that's amazing you got to use that title and yeah. then they'll get to this point and they'll be like this guy's not a drummer i hate <laughs> this dude <laughs> um so yeah so one thing that popped into mind when you were describing that that lifestyle, that schedule, is making like specific food choices and being in the car, being like traveling, being short on time. Here's a couple things you can do. One is when you do have the opportunity to eat at a restaurant, I I would order double or triple meat because the majority of people where they fail. Um, in diet is that they really just don't get enough protein. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about like Arnold Schwarzenegger, obsessive bodybuilding numbers, 300 grams a day. I'm saying like, like maybe 0.7 grams per pound of body weight. So if you're a 200 pound dude, something like 140 to 150 grams of protein per day. And if you're busy, you're running all over. Um, it's hard to get a high protein breakfast in. So that like often doesn't happen. It's just hard to catch up later in the day. So double chicken at Chipotle or like getting an extra chicken breast on a meal or an extra like I've been talking about chicken, but fish and um, steak and all kinds like pork. There are many good options. Mm-hmm. Um, and then packing protein options so that when you don't have time to eat a sit down meal, like is often the case, you have something you can snack on. So beef jerky or turkey jerky are a couple of good ones. Um, I don't love, like I take whey protein, a protein shake or a protein bar, but I don't love relying on supplements two or three times a day. Right. It's okay, they're okay to have, and if 
if like you're in a pinch and you want to have a protein bar, you want to mix up a quick shake or buy a pre-made shake, those are good options because they have quite a few grams of protein per calorie in there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another good way to go. Okay. So let's say that, so, uh, let's do an example like, okay, tonight I'm going to drive to the, I'm going to get to the bar and I'm playing like a bar date and, you know, there's beer and there's, you know, I can get something to eat and there's, so there's like chicken wings and there's this and that. And it's like, I'm, I'm starving. Now what do I do? Should I like, should I, should I just say F it and get the burger and fries and the beer, you know, or, you know, what should I do? So what I would do in these, I, I rank what is most important to me. And generally, if, if you drink alcohol, which I do, um, I would say the beer or if you like liquor, you're actually saving some carbohydrates by getting a vodka soda or a rum and diet or whiskey and diet or some kind of liquor with a zero calorie mixer or mm-hmm. you know, like this is a badass audience. So maybe they're just drinking whiskey straight or like doing stuff that I couldn't do. Probably. I'm, it's probably, just, of that. probably Jack um, Daniel straight. <laughs> and, and then, and then what gets eliminated there? Well, make sure you're still getting your meat, make sure you're still getting your entree. So if it's chicken wings, that's fine. If it's a burger, that's fine. I would cut the fries. Right. I would, um, like maybe have a big plate of chicken wings and then drink and have that be like, and that's going to end up being, I don't know, 60, 70, 80 grams of protein. And then depending on how fried the wings are between 30 and 50 grams of fat and then have four or five, whatever, how many beers you're going to have that night. Um, or have four or five, six, seven, eight shots of Jack. Um, <laughs> and then do you compensate for it earlier in the day? Yes. I, I actually, when possible and when you know that something like that is going to happen, I think that makes a lot of sense. Now, if they're playing that night, like drumming, I've never really done it, but it seems exhausting. So I don't want to say like only have one protein shake during the day and no other food because I don't want you passing out, um, during the show. But I would say that keeping, so, so let's, let's just make up this person who's, we're talking about 510, 190, and he is eating 2000 calories a day. I would try to get close to your protein target. So like get a hundred grams of protein during the day and then keep carbs and fat a little bit lower than you normally would. So leave yourself seven, eight, nine hundred calories for post-show to have mm-hmm. a burger and a bunch of beers or drinks or whatever. And if you end up going over, if you end up having 2,300 or 2,450 instead of 2,000, it's not a big deal. That's one day. You know, right. Try to do better the next day. Hit that number the next day. A lot of people like to compensate. They like to get in this um, mindset where – if I go over one day, I have to restrict to 1,400 the next day. And it's like, no, keeping, keeping calories low is a big enough battle as it is. To add another five or 600 calories lower is just going to increase the chance of screwing up and you end up on a slippery slope type of, uh, type of mindset. So just if you, if you screw up, do better the next day. Like forget about it. Forget your, your mistakes quickly. Cool. So I want to talk – well, one, you have this – you have an article about um, – 
about drinking, like uh, like the what is it, the Drinker's Guide to? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well, I think it's called the Alcohol Regimen, but I should change it to the Drinker's Guide because that's like much more straightforward. <laughs> the Drinker's Guide to Fitness or something. <laughs> um, but so I'm gonna I'll link to that in the show notes for this because I want people to read that because it's really good. And then there's also a an article that you wrote about about counting macros and how to do it, and there's a video and all that. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. I, I, uh, I, so I wasn't lying when I said I read your stuff. You <laughs> thought I was just, you know, bullshit. No, I love it. I love it. Uh, but those, what's those that? are good. Those are good places to look. Like if some of what I'm saying is is missing the mark, and I'm talking about carbohydrate and fat targets, that how to count macros article um, is good and, and will be helpful to you. And then, yeah, who doesn't love drinking and still making progress? Right. 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 So that's, you know, so I'll link to all that stuff in the, in the show notes page. Definitely. I want to talk about two, two things with you. One, um, you had mentioned a little bit about, about working out, but, but drumming is a, it's a extremely physical activity. So what do you recommend for, for endurance? And, you know, you're sitting at a, you're sitting at a seat up for, you know, a few hours and you're using your arms, you're using your back, you're using your limbs and you got to have endurance. So what kind of exercises do you, do you suggest for that kind of stuff? Absolutely. And I honestly don't know that the exercise selection changes as much as, um, the number of sets and reps and rest periods. So I think that for endurance, rather than doing an hour on the treadmill or the bike, which just kind of sounds miserable to me, mm-hmm. uh, either some form of high intensity interval training, which is just a fancy fitness way of saying sprints. So either on the bike and going balls out for 30 seconds and then a 30 second rest for eight or 10 or 12 sets, you know, like we're talking a 10 or 15 minute workout right there. Um, You can do that running outside, running hills. You can do that on a treadmill, but high intensity interval training, some kind of circuit with weights. So maybe you pair up a, like a a pull up and a chest press and push ups, or I don't know, body weight squats, pull up and and push ups, um, and knock out 10, 10, 10 right in a row then rest 30 seconds and then do it again and do that five times through. Um, you're definitely going to increase muscle endurance by doing all of those reps and keeping rest to a minimum essentially. Okay. The other thing I would say that I just thought of with uh, like the posture and positioning that a drummer is in for an extended period of time, um, upper back strength. Because I would imagine that there's a lot of leaning forward, the shoulders kind of slump forward, the like head goes forward. So keeping good, like the backs of your shoulders strong, keeping your your mid and lower trap strong by doing things like uh, a bent over row or a chest supported row. And you can like, if you hit YouTube in this name or the name of the exercise, you're going to get a good form video. Um, and the like, I hate... YouTube commenters in general, like there's anonymous commenters in there and like there's just, there's just so much shenanigans going on in there. But in the fitness space for form videos, the like-dislike ratio on a video is usually pretty indicative of if that's a good form video or not. Right, right, so, right. So Google like um, – yeah, like bent over row form or rear delt fly form um, – these upper back workouts are going to help keep your upper back strong and keep you in – a healthy position mm-hmm. while while playing and just 
prevent fatigue, right? Like right. if your back is stronger, if your core is stronger, and your core is going to get stronger from doing these compound movements, shoulder presses, squats, deadlifts. If you want to add planks or leg raises or other direct ab work, that's also going to help. Gotcha. It's funny that you mentioned that about YouTube because we have this. There's this thing that happens in the drumming community. I don't know why, but there can be a video of the greatest drummer in the world. Uh, you know, it could be like Buddy Rich or Elvin Jones or, or Steve Gadd, somebody you know that are that are the best of the best of the best. And somebody always makes a comment. And it's like, well, Travis Barker is better. Who's the drummer from Blink One Eighty Two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Like that, it, he has turned into this guy that is like the great. The, I mean, he's a great drummer, but you know, everything is like, well, Travis Barker is better. I'm like, it's it's Buddy Rich. He's he's the greatest <laughs> of all time. You know, it's like it's just yeah. funny. It's I don't know why it's always Travis Barker though. And somebody's it, like, there's always one guy that says about Travis Barker. And you know he's the non-drummer, right? Because that's like to me, if you told me to name a drummer, that's the first one, like sadly, that's the first R- one see? that comes to my mind. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, or Dave Grohl. Or Dave Grohl, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like tatted up arms and and he he uh when was it? Like in the mid two thousands kind of he oh, won- had that show? Well, I'm oh. just thinking of when he was kind of at his peak in mainstream media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because uh, he had like a television show and everything. But then he got in a plane crash. Oh, I don't even remember that. You don't remember that? Him, no. him uh, it was Travis, I think DJ AM, and somebody else. And like a couple of people died. Now Travis Barker won't get on a plane. Seriously? Yeah, because he was, I mean, they, they were in like a, a jet and it crashed. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, if, if I was in a jet and crashed and I lived, I don't think I would get on a plane again either. So, yes, that's what happened. So with, with Travis Barker, he got in a plane crash and now he won't. Now he if like he was supposed to do a tour maybe last year in, in Europe and he took a boat o- o- across the across the pond to do the tour. That's kind of cool, actually. It is pretty cool. He had like his drum set up on there and he was taking pictures. of It, it was pretty cool. Anyway, we're way off topic, but no, no YouTube comments like there, there's just shenanigans there. However, but, however, there is something great on YouTube, which you mentioned the 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 uh, the form videos, but more importantly, your show that you have. Yeah, and let's. I talk, appreciate you saying that's a great thing on YouTube, dude. I love this show. So talk talk about the YouTube channel or the YouTube show that you have. Yeah, definitely. So w- one of my like hangups in fitness is that people who put out content in fitness are like, they don't care about 97% of the population. They care about impressing their peers and like the, the people who are a perceived level above them. So the people who are putting out good content are putting out super elite, unnecessary to the mainstream content mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, this, this idea for this show came from a client of mine, Gary Vaynerchuk, who, who I train in person and do his nutrition stuff. Um, and it was to compare food choices, like, like take super actionable decisions and put them head to head. And I am mainly trying to highlight foods that are perceived as healthy or people commonly order without realizing like wow, that's actually much more dense or has way more calories or isn't as great as I thought it was. Right. Um, highlight those foods. And then I use an obnoxious food like like the White Castle sliders or something like that um, to highlight like, hey, these are the same calorically. Now, they might not be the exact same from a nutrition point of view, vitamins, minerals, fiber, like there are other factors. But 
the kind of the base of the pyramid, like, like we talked about energy balance earlier, um, it's getting that point across in what I try to make a, a somewhat fun and entertaining but informative um, point of view. So it's, yeah, it's a five-minute daily show. It's called Equals and Alternatives. And we, uh, we review foods that aren't as good as most people think. Right. It's funny. My business partner eats uh, Kind Bars all the time. And we <laughs> yeah, were out one night. One. We like we stopped at this at this store, and I was like, "Hey, man, do you want a Kit Kat?" And he was like, "No." He was like, "I wouldn't eat one of those." And I was like, "It's the same exact thing as a Kind Bar." And he was like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "This guy Mike has this show," and I was like, "And he said it." So it has- <laughs> that's amazing. And and like to be absolutely fair, if those are the only two options, I would rather have you eating the Kind Bar sure. than the Kit Kat Bar. Right, but right, right. you know, if if you go a little further down the aisle, you might see a Quest bar, or you might see some beef jerky, or you might see, um, I don't know, maybe an apple in the gas station. Like, and that's that's kind of the other element of the show, which is the alternative. So we compare these two foods, and then, all right, if this is bad for me, what should I be eating? And I try right. to provide a, a, a practical snack or meal or or something that makes sense in its place to help make a marginally better decision. Right, right, right. Because it adds up. Like if you're not going to get super into counting calories and counting macronutrients, but you, you want to get a little bit better, if you make one better decision every single day, that's going to add up in time. Your body is going to change. You're going to feel better. Like in time, it adds up. Definitely. So is that one of the biggest mistakes that you, that you see um, that, that just people are making small mistakes every day? Yeah. Yeah, that is. And, and just, um, Focusing on the wrong things, like if someone wants, say, say a dude is pretty strong and has a decent amount of muscle, like genetically, or maybe played high school football or whatever, but now he wants to lean up, um, rather than just doing some basic things, like logging your calories, eating a decent amount of fruits and vegetables and lean protein, like doing the things that we inherently know are good. Mm-hmm. He'll do something crazy and extreme, like drinking bulletproof coffee and cutting out gluten and dairy, but eating copious amounts of dietary fat via eggs and bacon. And I'm not saying any of these things in and of themselves are bad. What I'm saying is if this guy's goal is fat loss and to get leaner, then eating 3,400 calories of paleo style food and butter and MCT oil in his coffee probably doesn't make sense. Right. 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 Yeah. I got you. So what were you going to say? No, go ahead. No, I was just going to, it's, it's all good stuff, man. It's stuff to think about. And, and I love the, the approach of, of everyday life. You know, it's not, you know, I'm, uh, you know, like somebody like me or, you know, some of the listeners that, you know, we're not professional athletes and we're not professional bodybuilders. And it's like, man, I just want to, I just want to be in shape. I want to take my shirt off and feel good and look good. And I want to be healthy and, and have energy and, you know, and, and play drums and not feel like I'm going to pass out. <laughs> Absolutely. <You know? laughs> and, and, and if you can commit to at a minimum, I would say two workouts in the gym, and one body weight workout, or if you get a pull-up bar at home, like you can make some pretty good progress doing body weight stuff plus pull-ups. Without the pull-up bar, it's hard because you can't really do pulling motions, mm-hmm. just body weight, which cuts out a quarter or a third of like the movements. Um, but two to three days a week for 35 to 45 minutes, 
and then counting calories, if you want to take it one baby step further, counting macronutrients and just like we talked about, I don't know if you want to call it self-forgiveness, which sounds a little like, I don't know, kooky and like, let's stand around and hug each other, but not beating yourself up for making a mistake and just getting right back on it. Right. Because if, if you have a bad weekend, that's fine. You probably gave away your progress from the week, but there's 52 more weeks in the year and life is really, really long. So if you can do pretty good and not completely fall off like for a month at a time, Mm -hmm. you can do pretty good for six, eight, 10 months. You're going to see drastic change in your body and how you feel. Um, and, and that's something that can stick with you for life. Mm -hmm. I agree. And, and, I've been, I've always been one of those guys that kind of like is on that roller coaster. Like I've been like thin then I'll gain weight and then I go, you know, get heavy into it again and then lose and up and down and up and down. And I feel like now finally I've I've just started to get like even keel, you know, but like by reading a bunch of your stuff and I've been counting macros and, you know, working out. And so the other beautiful thing about counting macros is you can, you can really fit any type of food into your plan. Mm-hmm. And, and just, just let's just say what macros are just for the <laughs> yeah. people that may not because I didn't know what it was before. I mean, I kind of knew what it was, but I was like, I don't really understand what macros are. I would say most people don't. Right. Macro macronutrients are the only things that make up calories. So there are th- there are three technically four macronutrients: protein, carbohydrates, and fat, and that's what make up calories. The rest of the stuff you see on a nutrition label. It's primarily vitamins and minerals, which are micronutrients. They don't have anything to do with calories. So things like sodium, vitamin A, C, K, all of those things, iron, magnesium, um, those are vitamins and minerals, micros. Macros are what we count for the purpose of weight gain and weight loss. And Mm -hmm. and to take it like a step further, um, body composition. So how much body fat you have and how much muscle mass you have. Right. Okay. Yeah, because because losing you know losing twenty pounds if half of it is muscle or two thirds of it is muscle doesn't sound like fun. But exactly. if you if you are keeping protein levels pretty high and counting your macros and most of the weight you're losing, if not all, um, is fat. You know that's that's obviously better. Makes sense. So now people want to you know if they want to go through you to get coaching and they want to learn more about you and, and where do you direct them to go? Yeah, just my website. If you Google. Mike Vacanti. Um, I think my site is the first thing that comes up and, um, there's a start here button that will kind of take you through the popular articles are listed there. You can see if any of that gets your interest or if there's anything you want to read there. Also, Mike Vacanti is my YouTube channel and that's where my daily show is. Cool. Well, Mike, I pre- and the website is on the regimen.com, right? On the regimen.com, despite I'm glad you like it, bro. <laughs> I do like it. I don't know why. I was actually like, damn, that's a pretty good name. I can't believe you're getting flack for it. So <laughs> awesome, awesome. I feel better. So good. Um, but yeah, thanks for thanks for taking all the time to chat with me, man. I know that the listeners got some got some useful information out of it, and I hope that it it kind of helps people go down that road of being a little bit more health conscious and a little you know, a little bit uh healthier, making better decisions while they're out there touring or, you know, playing their weekend weekend gigs and stuff like that. Awesome, man. I'm happy to help. If, if anyone has follow-up questions too on anything I said or anything's not clear, um, like on the regimen on Twitter, you can just tweet at me and, and I'm happy to help you guys out. Awesome. 
So, Mike, thank you again, man. I appreciate it, and uh, I'll be talking to you soon. All right. Sounds great. Thanks, brother. There you have it, Mr. Mike Vacante. Be sure to check him out at ontheregimen.com. And again, let me know if you like this kind of stuff, because I got some uh, some other interviews that I'd love to do and share with you guys on the off podcast, not to, not to get away from the interviews on Monday. These are going to be on Thursdays and Fridays. So let me know. Shoot me an email, nick at drummersresource.com. Check me out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash drummersresource. I'm on Instagram at drummersresource and on Twitter at drummersrsource. And be sure to sign up and register for the 100th episode giveaway. You can go to drummersresource.com forward slash 100 100 to uh to enter to win a bunch of great prizes from Aquarian and Boso drumsticks and and ProLogix and Percussive Art Society and Drum Channel and Drum Magazine and th- so there's some really great prizes check it out drummersresource.com forward slash one zero zero until the next podcast keep drumming thank you so much for listening I really do appreciate it and I'll be talking to you soon peace <laughs>